0: This is JJ Jillian Simmons, and Respect My Crown is a community designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. We know that now is the time to manifest our visions and realize our dreams and accomplish our goals, and Respect My Crown is a support system that encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. Brittany Crystal, I am so excited to have this woman on the show today. She is a personal branding expert and the host of Beyond Influential podcast, which I had the pleasure of um, being a part of her podcast. Gosh, was it
1: earlier this year? It was like I was last year. It was like the end of last year. Time goes by so fast. Oh, yeah, she, it
0: does. <laughs> Brittany specializes in growing a, a influence online that translates to growing your business offline. And she works with um, businesses and she is also um, working with people who are creatives and leaders and executives and uh, industry influencers to help them to achieve their personal brands and their uh, professional goals. Now, Brittany and I, we met by email, which is so funny, um, while setting up an interview for Gary Vee, gosh, maybe two years ago. Time is really going by fast. But um, it was during the time that she was there for her three-year stint at um, VaynerMedia. Team Gary V, as we call it, um, and as well as the personal branding arm for the agency, Vander Vayner Talent. Um, Brittany is a non-practicing attorney. She ha- received her degree from Georgetown Law and her undergrad at UCLA. And I am so excited to have this fabulous
1: woman on the show today. Hello, Brittany. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. It's so funny when I think about how I did meet you because... Yes, yeah, I, I sent you kind of a cold email about, yeah. uh, about Gary and, and getting him on your show, but also sending you a book. This was, I think, right before his press tour for that book in 2016, the Ask Gary It sure
0: book. was. It sure was. It's so funny when you talk to someone all the time by email and then you finally get to see them. You're like, oh, they are a human. <laughs> There's a human that's there. Now, by looking at Brittany's Instagram, you may think that her job is to be a supermodel because I'm so let's just Thank keep it real girl
1: sweet.
0: oh my gosh she has the most glamorous pictures of her travels all over her page and you might think she might not work at all but um but I know that this is not true that she actually does work and she works very hard um so let's just start with this I want to go from the beginning like when you entered into UCLA what is it that you desired to become
1: I was going to be a lawyer and I became one. I, the goal growing up was I loved television. Social media wasn't around at the time. Not that old. I'm 33 years old, but social media has just changed the landscape over the last decade. like crazy. So I thought I wanted to either rep people who were on TV or, or something with television. I knew what would, what would work on television. And my parents kind of being more traditional were like, you should be an entertainment lawyer. That's like a safe career. Yeah. So I was good at reading and writing. I was always a good student. I wasn't going to be a doctor and my math sucks. So accounting was (laughs) out. So it was like law. You want to go into law. And so I knew that um, going in. Are your parents attorneys? No, they're not. That's the the I mean, we're in such a funny place now with the generations where they have no clue; they don't understand at all what I really do now. that's will tell people I'm a lawyer, um, but it's—it was just the safe thing to do. My mom's from Guatemala. My dad's—he uh, is a Jewish doctor, and it. It was just like the thing to do. It was like a safe thing. They wanted me to have a stable profession. And so I went to college and I actually graduated early from school. I graduated in three years. My goal was just to get to the school part or to law school to finish, to start kind of making money and being in the industry. I really wanted to make a good living. Yeah, That's what I cared about. And I knew pretty much right away. I actually had, uh, I had hesitations about going to law school. Before I went to law school, because I was working at Cobalt Banker in their in-house legal department Mm -hmm. uh, when I graduated early. I thought I was going to travel and take time off or do something, but I was always about the work. And so I never gave myself that that time. And so I went straight. My parents were like, oh, no, you know, like, just go to law school or apply. See if you get in. Of course, I got in. Um, They were like, oh, just go see how it goes. I went. I knew immediately it wasn't for me, Mm. but I also, you know. Everyone's like, oh, you can do anything with a law degree, which is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and but I knew that it was a degree and an education that nobody could take away from me. Yeah. I also met really great people there. Like I was having great conversations. The the people I was talking to were super smart. I enjoyed that aspect. Yeah. But I was in law school when the economy was tanking. So my two summer associate jobs were in securities regulations litigation, oh, wow. which is as boring as it sounds. As boring. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I thought I was going to be doing entertainment law or sports law or something kind of sexy. And at the end of the day, now I know that those things aren't even sexy either. Law is the <laughs> law. It doesn't matter what, uh, what it is. And basically at, I knew at that point that I wanted to pass the bar, I passed the bar in New York. So nobody could ever take that away from me.
0: Yeah. I wanted
1: that to always be a thing. And I think it's actually been a nice differentiator. It's open doors. It's a kind of a qualifier in a world where, Where you kind of don't need one anymore.
0: Yeah. Oh god. Where
1: people don't know. And so from there I was like, I can't I can't be miserable. I knew immediately (laughs) that I couldn't be miserable. And I learned that in in law school. And I think that kind of started that that journey. Like you talk about kind of manifesting what you want. Yeah. I knew that what I did not want. And so I started that process right away. Where I was very fortunate I didn't have school loans to pay off. And I have a ton of friends who stayed in the law who were miserable and who never made that shift. But I was just like, I can't. Yeah. So I moved back to L.A. and I started working at a talent agency. And um, in uh, it was ICM and I was on the vice chairman's desk and he repped uh, TV, huge TV show runners and directors like he had the packages on Modern Family, and and he had he was so old school. He was there from he had the packages on Cheers. He's actually in the last oh scene my of gosh. Cheers <laughs> and Taxi, and repping all these huge people, and that was also just kind of he was a former lawyer. Was a, it was just like being a lawyer. You were just doing the business end. So I kind of went through a bunch of jobs in Hollywood at that point. Like I started as an assistant. Uh, I'd never when going back to the law thing. I was never making more money. now but I was never making more money than I was at those jobs and I was never so miserable and so going in I was humbled to just be an assistant in Hollywood and try to work my way up really then I kept I went to an agency I spent like the year there and then I went to a management company and then reality tv was really starting to pick up and so I was working in at a production company in reality tv development and then at the lifetime network and basically I just saw social media was. Was the thing Netflix and Hulu were about to eat these people's lunch? Yes, and nobody seemed to care. Yeah, and I thought that was crazy. And then I thought I needed to go to. I was like, Why is nobody paying attention? It's a very hierarchical system based on politics and not merit. Yeah. And I kind of just wanted to to make shit happen. Yes, and so I started studying for my GMAT. Uh, I was told I needed to go to business school to switch a career. Now I know all of this is bullshit. I don't know if (laughs) this is for your podcast. No, this is good. (laughs) And as I was studying for the GMAT, my boyfriend sent me a Gary Vaynerchuk tweet. And I don't know if your audience knows who Gary Vaynerchuk is. They better.
0: (laughs) Everyone follows Uh, Gary V, don't they?
1: Jeez. I hope so. Sometimes I have to explain it. Yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, maybe
0: you should just in case because I'm sure there might be some people who are like, who?
1: (laughs) So Gary is... For lack of a better word, he's a serial entrepreneur who runs a now like 800 person digital agency based out of New York City with offices in L.A. and London and, and other locations. But aside from that, he's also a personality and now has built a crazy personal brand, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, he basically kind of came up in, like in terms of how people knew him by helping take his dad's wine business from, you know, like... Three million a year to $60 million yeah. a year using the internet. He got on email marketing early. And then he got on YouTube pretty early. I want to say in like 2006, uh, doing something called Wine Library TV, doing a show where he put out over a thousand episodes where he basically democratized wine.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Wine used to be something that only like rich, fancy people would talk about. And he would just sit in front of the camera and taste different wines and explain it in terms that People could understand, like this tastes like dirt. It tastes <laughs> like a shoot. Like, but it was true. And so then he ended up going on like Conan and Ellen and he got a lot of attention that way. Yeah. And then he started that agency with his brother. He's also invested in Uber in which is early. Uber yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Birchbox. He's he's had some really good investments made he's just a juggernaut. I really don't know how else to (laughs) describe it. He knows where people are paying attention and it's exciting to see his journey and be part of that. But I had no idea who he was and my boyfriend was following him. And like I said, 2014 Gary wasn't the Gary he is now. Yeah. And, uh, and he just said like he was opening an LA office and my boyfriend was like, you should not be studying for another degree. Look into this guy, see if this is interesting to you. I applied for a job through a website I thought I could get. Um, I went through five rounds of interviews. I got a job in project management there in 2014. And four months later, I was on his team at the Christmas party because that office had 30 people. And it's the kind <laughs> of situation that would never happen now. Yeah. And uh, the next, he was the worst member of our trivia team. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I said something that he liked during the course of the night that he came back the next month to meet with everybody. And he was like, you're overqualified for what you do. What do you really want to be doing? And I thought at first, I used to play poker, so I thought I wanted to invest this money. Like, I thought oh, I wanted wow. to play in the startup scene, or I thought that maybe I'd want to have my own company. Like, the wheels were finally turning, that yeah. I probably did not want to be someone's employee at some point, but I didn't know what it was. And he asked me if I'd consider moving to New York, and I'd lived in New York before, and my life was in L.A., and, and I was like, depends what I'd be doing. And then over the course of the next few months, he uh, this was early 2015, he'd asked me how long I'd consider coming out for and then finally in the summer of that year, he was like, Give me a year. He was like, I think you know something about influence. I think you know something about growth. I'm gonna get really serious about my personal brand. Give me a year. Wow. And I treated that like my MBA year. And I moved out there and during that time that's when I met you. Yes. And I can go into more about that if you want to hear about it. I you
0: know, it's it's interesting because I've heard you say a couple of things that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I wanna I wanna touch on that. You know, there was a point where you weren't really sure exactly what it is that you wanted to do. And I think that a lot of people can can empathize, you know, it, where you it's like, I know what I'm talented in. I know yeah. what I know, what I'm, I'm good at doing. You know what I mean? But I'm still not exactly sure of this vision, you know. So when you when you went to work for Gary did you start planning out your personal vision or did you dive right into let me put my everything into helping this person develop their own brand? So
1: it's so funny that you bring this up because I was job hopping so much in Hollywood and there you're usually an assistant for a year on a desk and then you can, you can either stay and try to rise the ranks or go somewhere else and you know, I was, I was always such an overachiever. I was always so good at school. And for me, it just felt like failure after failure after not finding, not finding my area right away. Yeah. And honestly, the Gary job changed my life. The internet for anybody listening, I have, I know I could switch into any industry at this point and you can too. And I, that's why I love what I do, but I didn't find what I love to do until I'd say a few months into the Gary job when I got there, I was like, whatever, like, I just need to learn whatever this is, this is my MBA. I'm going to test out all of these things, see what I like, see what I don't very self-aware. I know what I'm good at, but I obviously wasn't applying it in the right place. And it actually hit me during that book tour, uh, what it is I liked because I'd worked for a year in, uh, in, at VaynerMedia LA and I was working on, you know, large brands from the like, naked juice, like under Pepsi and Toyota. And that wasn't, that wasn't doing it for me. Mm. And basically I had to find 750 influencers to hold Gary's book for free back in March of 2016. (laughs) And now influencers are everywhere and everyone knows what an influencer is. Yeah. But at the time it it wasn't such a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was literally DMing just from my account, all these people like reaching out, just saying who I was, saying who I work for. And the messages I got back from people about how Gary had changed their lives and why and how what they were doing now was actually directly attributed to his book, Crush It!, which yes. was, I mean, talking about personal branding you know, in 2009 before people were really kind of talking about it online and explaining it. And it made me feel so good about the message I was helping get out there.
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, this is, I love this personal branding element. I love the human element to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I was also very fortunate that Gary has a team now of it's over twenty people doing making content for him and it's kind of an insane machine. Yes. But when I started there, it was like, you know, like six of us. And I got to touch everything from, you know, content strategy to had to learn how to run paid ads. I had to learn how to do SEO. I had to learn how to use all of the social channels. It forced me to just figure shit out. Yeah. And it's not Gary doesn't microman. He doesn't have time for that. So if you're not a self-starter and you're not somebody who can kind of just pick up and try different things, then that's not, I mean, that wouldn't be the right job for you, but you need to try different things. And I think people get punished or don't want to try different things if it's not going to pay off if they don't if that's not what their job description is.
0: Yeah. And I oh, think gosh, it's so, yeah.
1: so, so important now that I realize that how many skills that I learned that I can apply now to all of the things I'm trying to do because I had to do all of these different things.
0: Yeah. How did your attorney skills fit into to
1: what you do? It's less about the attorney skills, more about the, the critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, storytelling. Being a lawyer is so... I need to look at things objectively all the time. Being a lawyer, you need to be able to defend somebody just zealously or you need to be able to prosecute the other yeah. side. I need to be yeah. able to see every argument. So I think it's actually exactly the same thing as marketing. You're crafting an argument to an audience. Yeah. You're. It's not necessarily a sale, but you need to have the end person in mind and you need to know how they're going to receive it and you take the information that you're given.
0: Yeah,
1: So. That's I can just see all of the holes and you see how people react. And I mean, that's what marketing and sales is. Yeah.
0: You so know, it's applied that way. On it's- the outside looking in, we often don't realize when you look at it like an influencer, like, um, like Gary, You know, we we might see him or follow him on Instagram, but you don't realize that there is a whole team that is running this page. In our minds, we want to believe that Gary is actually tweeting all day. He's Instagram. I don't know what he does and what he doesn't do. I'm sure that he does do something. But can you kind of help people to understand when you talk about the branding content part, what exactly are people doing for that brand, um, that maybe we
1: don't realize it's actually other people doing. I mean, almost literally everything. (laughs) So I can explain a little bit. So just, just for context, Gary, Gary knows the importance of, of social and has, you know, put a ton of money into his personal brand. And so he also knows the value of genuine engagement, which is huge. So when you do get a tweet from him, when you do get a like from him, when you do get, you know, an Instagram comment, all of that stuff, or a DM, that is him. Yeah. That is him. And that is, that's honestly pretty rare in the upper echelons of the personal branding. Yes, yeah. But the people who do it best know how critical that is. Yeah. That being said, there's a whole host of people now behind the scenes who, you know, uh, he's kind we started, we developed like this, we call it the Gary V content model. Um, I'm actually developing a course based on it to teach people who are, you know, like, you and me who are one person who need to post on all these platforms, how to do it. Yeah. But basically what it is is you take like, let's say Gary films an ask Gary V show or a vlog. So Gary happens to right now have a videographer following him pretty much 24 hours a day. That wasn't always the case that started, I think in the middle of when I was with him or in 2016, but he had like a question and answer show. And from that one piece of content that he, films, which he does do a lot off the cuff. So it's not like he's scripted, but you can have it be scripted from that you make content. And so from that, I knew watching that at a point I was writing his article. So I'd know which article to write. Then I'd know, okay, I can take 10 image quotes based on what he said in, you know, in this video, right? Okay. From here, we can take two clips and I can put those on Facebook and I can put those on Instagram or I can put them on LinkedIn. And I know where those should go. And so from one piece of content, you make all of this other content and then people are, you know, will will post it and and write, you know, write the copy or whatever. And the thing about Gary is we know his we knew his voice well enough at that point and we knew what he was gonna say, so it's not like he needed to micromanage that process so much. But there's that happening. And then there's, you know, people running paid ads for him. Gary's not running his own paid ads. I was doing (laughs) outreach to you know, to publications at that time, you know, now Forbes and entrepreneur and all these people are calling him at that time. I had to be outreaching to them and like wow. small newspapers. I was assigned to like, he was like, I want to be in every business newspaper possible. I was literally looking up newspapers <laughs> in random States, uh, just reaching oh, out wow. to their business people, seeing if they'd be interested in syndicating the content. Wow, so There's content syndication. Now I know he's got audio people, probably someone specifically to help run Instagram and because the thing is, even like at his at scale, you need people to help you with all of that stuff guess, and the yeah. biz dev, and it's just as you grow. But it's it's completely doable to do it by yourself at the scale that that works for you and on the platforms that works for you. I think people watch him and they think, and he promotes, you know, people vlogging all the time. I don't think you need a vlog, <laughs> and I don't think you need to be on every platform. Really, but there's a way to optimize for what your business is and who you're trying to reach
0: okay we're going to talk about that in a little bit because that there's so many good nuggets in all of this I feel like we will be here for nine hours talking so (laughs) you know with life comes disappointments and I just want to know when is the last time that you were really disappointment or disappointed in something and and maybe it was a person or maybe it was just how Mm -hmm. something turned out and then how did you work through it
1: Somebody asked me the other day about how I deal with failure and I realized I just know that at this point, like I needed to fail enough times after school to know that I could pick myself up again. Mm. So I don't get too overly down on myself. Yeah. Uh, recently, I've been kind of disappointed in myself for not getting, not finishing these courses I need to finish and yeah. not getting them on time and kind of being hard on myself because You know, I get involved in in working or I give too much of myself to other people. But really, it's just a mindset thing. I know, you know, you're focusing on this now, but I've I've really realized the importance of mindset within the last six months and really within the last three. I think that is the key to to that's the difference between people who are truly successful and people who aren't.
0: What is the biggest piece of that that you've learned that you've had to kind of reframe or restructure in your life when it, in, in regards to mind frame?
1: I think that there's a lot of money stuff that I did not realize money beliefs and limiting beliefs that I didn't realize I had before, Mm. uh, things about, you know, who I was supposed to be, that I was supposed to be this lawyer, that I was supposed to be good at this thing, that I was supposed to be making X amount of money, um, just just those kind of things talking to myself more about it and being like no like that's not the case you can actually you're actually going to make more money than you even anticipated like than you possibly ever could as a lawyer yeah it's just kind of those things that are that are baked in like oh money is to be saved and and you shouldn't spend it and it's just all of these things now that I'm looking back on my life and I'm like oh oh, that makes sense why I think that now, but that's not true. So I feel like there's a lot of self-talk now.
0: Isn't it a good feeling though, when you have that self-awareness and you're like, okay, I've been thinking not so right about this. And now I have the opportunity to change it
1: (laughs) and reframe. Yeah, but it's definitely a constant, it's a constant reminder because, and it's a constant battle because you've been telling yourself certain things For years or how it's supposed to be like, for example, just just and this is an easy example um, because it's it's recent on Gary's team, just in general, Gary's whole philosophy is generally uh, not like his whole thing is like, I don't sell courses, but he, you know, he gives content away for free. Mm hmm my model is going to be i do sell my knowledge you need to make a living and there's no reason that you shouldn't make money off of knowledge all free content ends up being a sales funnel right like, he <laughs> might not be monetizing that piece of content directly uh, but you know he's selling case with shoes he's you know getting your information you're going to his email list he's got your time your attention there's always an exchange of value oh yeah and i think sometimes you get in that mindset where and it was like oh my gosh like that person sells this thing but we're different because whatever it's like no 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 none of this is different oh, yeah. it's all just a different it's just a different mind frame about it
0: yeah that's so good um finish this sentence for me if i knew then what i know now
1: i do think about if i would go to college or not but that being said all of the experiences that i've had have added up to to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would have worried less. Gosh. That's always what it is. I would have worried less. Because it will be okay. And yeah. I know I'm still building. You know. Building to where I want to be. But it took. It took those experiences. And me hating what I was doing. For so many years. That. That it forced me to be able to kind of pivot quickly. And make those changes. And do what I need to do now. Oh
0: yeah. So.
1: I think I just would have tried to chill out a little more. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed the internet too. Now with the internet, if, if the internet existed at that, at the, the way it is now at that time, yeah, like when I was in high school or in college, oh, I wouldn't have gone to work for anybody. Yeah. Like that's just. I actually think like I, I knew pretty early or I should have known now looking back that, that I'm not a good corporate employee. Yeah. <laughs>
0: trust me i get it i am right there with you i definitely understand that um because your social media reflects exactly what you want us to see um there are certain sides of you that we do not see on your social media so do you have like separate pages where we can see who's britney dating does she have friends is she working like i want to see britney with you know, no makeup and looking crazy working at her laptop. Do do those pages
1: exist or do you pretty much just stay really private? So I'm not, I'm pretty open with the way I am is the way I am. Like I'm, I like that about my friends because I'm just who I am all the time. I know Instagram feels feels more curated. I try to infuse my personality into the captions and show what I'm doing in stories. But that's also why it's been so great to have the podcast and to give my opinions and thoughts and feelings. And of course, I'm one person. So at this point, trying to scale or having someone with a video camera follow me around all the time just (laughs) doesn't make as much sense to me. Yeah. But I do like letting people in on that and letting people in on what's going on, just even in these the influencer industry, like what's really behind the scenes of all of all of these folks? Because it is curated. As much as people think that every vlog you see is tailored to tell a story and to show something that's not necessarily the case. I mean, my boyfriend does take a lot of my photos. (laughs) He's not in the picture because he's taking the photo. (laughs) But it's funny because you also need to respect, and this is something else too, you also need to respect the other people in your lives who might not be as comfortable with that. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of people who I'm friends with now understand just kind of the process, or they're also involved in this line of work. But my boyfriend is older than I am and didn't grow up with the social media stuff. And and doesn't like taking he likes taking photos of me he does not like being in the photos so if i'm like in you know on my phone or doing an instagram story he's like get off the phone so (laughs) it was about that that balance but i definitely try and i've gotten more comfortable with it over the last year just sharing who i am this Mm. is again going back to the corporate employee thing i was at vayner up until so i was on the personal branding arm up until april of last year and you know when i was at Vayner if you look at all the kind of team Gary, other accounts, you know, it's showing them working, working and just kind of, it's like, I didn't want to be posting about my work all the time. Yeah, Like I yeah. wanted to be more fun, but I also wanted people to know, Hey, I'm not traveling all the time either. Like I'm actually at work, but <laughs> you don't want to see a picture of me. You don't want to see every day a picture of me at my desk.
0: Oh yeah, that's true.
1: So it was that balance. And then I didn't really feel like I I'm always about speaking my mind, but there is something when you are working for someone that your opinions might be construed as their opinions. Oh gosh. And I wanted to make sure that I was in a place where it's like, no, no, no. This is this is who I am. This isn't anyone else's opinion. Yeah. And that's a, a luxury I have now that I do work for myself.
0: I love it. What what's some you know, tips that you may have for people who are listening who want
1: to be an influencer?
0: Um, but they're just getting
1: started. It totally depends why you want to be an influencer the reason i so i specialize now and and it took me a while to get to this point because i had different clients who had different goals but i specialize in helping people who um want to be influencers in their industry and build their business i find that people you need a greater purpose than wanting to be an influencer to be an influencer if you just want to be an influencer to be famous or for brand deals those people do not make it. And those people who are at that level, who have that mentality will not be around long.
0: Yeah.
1: So I like to go to that place where I think everybody should be branding themselves a hundred percent. You should be owning your name, owning your story, owning your likeness. So that way nobody else owns it for you. They don't Google Google you and you know, somebody else's crappy comment about you comes up or whatever it is. So like, I definitely think everyone needs to do that, but I think it's a, going, being real with yourself about what you actually want and who you actually want to be talking to. I have something called three C's, and this is what, it is literally the formula for what makes a top brand. And that's, and this is for influencers, this is any industry, any, anything. And that's clarity, and that's being internal clarity and external clarity, which I can explain, consistent content, and then community. Mm. And the clarity piece for people who want to be influencers it's really figuring out who you are, what's unique about you, and who you're speaking to. I know this is, it almost feels like such a trite answer to say, but it is about delivering value to the audience. Your content is not about you. Yeah. It is not about <laughs> you. And I know you're starting from the place of you, Yeah. but it is not about you. And so that is honestly the key to to growing. And it's the genuine engagement after that and putting out consistent content around the thing that you want to be influential in. I think people worry, a big problem with a lot of influencers is people worry about being pigeonholed. And you need to be worried about getting known for anything else first, and then branch out. Nobody, and this is Gary with the wine, this is, this is literally everybody who you see who's huge now, started in one specific area, got known for that, and then branched out.
0: Right. That's a good point. I don't think people probably even think about that. You know, there are are so many people on social media who are compromising who they are for likes and for for follows. And um, is it necessary for... A, a, a person to seem bigger than life or to appear bigger than life in order to attract people to their brand?
1: No. And I mean, you were talking about influencers, I think when it comes to brand deals, we're moving into a space now where people, I mean, influencers are kind of going to be a squishy topic, no matter what, depending on who your actual audience is but i work with some companies and agent huge agencies who work with big brands definitely have access to these these tools and this data people can see into your into your instagram data even if you don't think that they can they know your engagement rates they know who, like, if you're telling people, oh, all my people are in the U.S., and let's say they're all in Texas, and they look, and everybody's, you know, in India, <laughs> even, like, they can see that. They, yeah. they do have a window into that, whether you screenshot them, your analytics or not. Uh, I actually had somebody uh, send me a message the other day who's a consultant who was kind of upset that, you know, there's people who have these tools and these other things were, you know, that help generate likes and, you know, kind of pump up that vanity metric (laughs) but here's the deal at the end of the day the whole point is what's what's the conversion like if you can show conversion that's that's what matters and i I know it's so popular to have those inflated numbers i just think that that's going to become less and less valuable as more data is collected I mean, I guess, again, like, depends what industry you're speaking about, but it really matters. Just be, I always say this to influencers, be picky about who you take on. Like, don't take on everything. Consider your brand and your audience. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the worst when you follow someone who has, let's say, let's say they have hundreds of thousands of followers, but every post is, you know, a teeth whitening, a tummy tightening. (laughs) it's, It's... like that oh, darn tummy thing.
0: tea my gosh yeah.
1: <laughs> see the But it's like you're always constantly selling and kind of selling out like yeah build that quality brand first and the people will will come there are always growth hacks and tactics but people are so worried about about the numbers and they're not worried about the base and then they get screwed later on when they don't have that solid foundation to lean back on oh if yeah instagram goes away tomorrow what do you have Phew.
0: I've thought about that too.
1: (laughs) You do need to be thinking about it, but if you have a loyal fan base that you've genuinely cultivated, those people will come with you or they'll go with you or they'll sign up for your email list or they'll buy your book, even if it's not on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good Mm -hmm. advice. What are some of the, the brands that you've worked with that, that you've enjoyed working with and, and can you give us some ideas on how you've helped other brands to grow?
1: So I work mostly with people, so I can, I'll talk about the ones who are, are public knowledge. I've worked with, aside from Gary, Tom Bilyeu of Quest Nutrition, Marie Forleo, who some of your audience oh, might I know love from, her yes. from B-School. She's amazing. Um, they really weren't uh, capitalizing on their social as much as they could have been. And so I started working with her in last July, and I consulted with her up through her B-School launch this year. And even just posting on, this is just how how you know it works even when there's no direct ROI. Sometimes people are like, oh, should I be investing in my social media and my personal brand? How do I know if it's working? Is it just based on growth numbers? Like, how do I know? How do I know? And she had like the best B-School launch ever. And a lot of it came from just Instagram. Wow. And it wasn't because she was running paid ads on Instagram. It was because she'd been posting the content and the good content the quality content and building that audience there you might not see it directly right away but when you eventually do try to convert it shows up so i worked with her i worked with uh, i was working with sundial brands on shea moisture so i was working with Nikaeo grieco of uh she has her own line a prestige line that sold at ulta under that umbrella oh wow and and she was just getting great response from her from her friends and from just getting the word out about her product by making content that way. Um, Just working with a lot of entrepreneurs and and getting them out there because there is, as saturated as the market seems, it's really not. And everybody has a unique take and a unique point of view that they just need to bring to the forefront. Like right now I'm super hot on LinkedIn. For people who want to be influencers or not. Like that is a space right now. It's about where the attention is and everybody's looking at Instagram, but if, if anybody is in any kind of business, actually LinkedIn is like a place to go and you can talk about whatever it is that you do. And there's a tension and people craving that knowledge. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here's that space. So the people I work with are, it's, they're entrepreneurs or people building a business that way or using their name to build up their business. But it's also finding, like I said, the right channels. Like everyone thinks it needs to be Instagram It does not need to be Instagram and you'll like, you just need to know who you're trying to target.
0: Yeah. So when you look at like how overwhelming it might be for some people, especially people who, you know, they have these great products or this great brand and you do have so many platforms, you know. I mean, my goodness. I remember when Snapchat first started, it was like, get on Snapchat. And I'm like, wait, Snapchat looks like a whole all day thing. Like I got to snap all day. I don't have time for this. I have to post on Instagram. And then it's like, then I have, you know, for my personal brand, I have totally neglected Facebook, which I've, you know, have a lot of people there And then, you know, because I've put all my attention on, on Instagram and it it just seems to be so overwhelming sometimes to even really, you, if you're really true about understanding, um, how to market your brand, you have to spend time doing research, you know, like finding, like you said, what is the, the target that you're trying to reach out to? You have to find out where they are and then those things change sometimes. So you have to be on your game, knowing when things change, like,
1: gosh, for just this one person, isn't it this overwhelming sometimes? (laughs) It's definitely overwhelming. And that's kind of why I want to make the process easier for people. That's part of my goal, because I do think I don't think everybody needs to be doing everything all the time. I think that's unreasonable. And for people to push that idea will drive you crazy. I get a ton of messages each day about, do you ever feel this way that it's over, you know, that I have to post every day. I feel really guilty if I'm not posting. Yeah. It's like, do not feel guilty. Yeah. When you do post, I would say, post things that are quality, that are related to you. Like, for example, with with your brand, I know maybe you feel like, oh, I need to post every day on Instagram. But, yeah. you know, manifestation and, and the things that you're talking about right now, like there are tons of executive women or people even, depending what, like how local you even want to be, who would love to hear about that on LinkedIn. And so the same post that you're talking about on Instagram, maybe you take that caption or pieces from your book and put those on LinkedIn like, you know, two to three times a week. Yeah. And the beauty of, I know I'm pushing LinkedIn, but the beauty of LinkedIn is, and I think here's what, what the deal with the Instagram is, is you feel like you need to look perfect. Like that, oh, it's gosh. such a visual platform in that way, which is why I, you know, my pictures are curated. Nobody wants, like the pictures of me without makeup is for the stories. Right. And, nobody, <laughs> and my, my grid is not even cute. I don't even care about making a cute <laughs> grid. It's just like, so, so what I like about a place like a LinkedIn is you'll look now at all these new creators joining and it's literally people just talking into their, like the videos are kind of that it's Not like super high quality video that you'd find necessarily on YouTube, or, yeah. And it's not as curated as an Instagram, but you can give your thoughts and and flesh them out more. And I think that's kind of a differentiator for if people who are listening to this do want to be influencers. Yeah, I think there is nothing like showing that there you have a brain, like <laughs> really showing yes. it in a place where people will appreciate it, where people are already used to the idea of networking and connecting and talking yeah. about business, right. So why wouldn't you supplement, you know, your great photos with that? And it's just unrealistic to think people need to post every day. Anyone who's posting almost every day, if that's not their just job, (laughs) has people helping them do it. I just want to be very, very, very clear that every top brand you see has people helping them, and it's a machine. These people can't. Gary could maybe tweet a bunch, but he's literally running a company. You cannot.
0: <laughs> People everyone listening has a life. Oh yeah. Oh I got I know. And you and you don't realize it. It's so it's it's funny. When um when you're scrolling through Instagram or other social media outlets, let's just talk a little bit about epic fails. Like do you see certain things that you're like, oh if they are killing themselves right now by doing this? Like have you ever <laughs> Have you ever seen certain things that you're like, gosh, this is a bad habit and I wish they would fix it because it's really going to affect their brand?
1: The biggest bad habits come with, a lot of it comes with the hard sell. I mean, I see this on every platform, people just pushing not only other people's products, their product, other people's product, people, it's 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 that inauthentic I hate using you know the word authenticity all the time because I think that's another buzzword that keeps coming up with uh, with influencers and with <laughs> the online market. But people are sick of the fake shit. Yeah, like that's just that's just the case. So the more you can actually show your personality and not trying to just kind of chase after what's hot. I see a lot of people. You know, somebody will post something and and that does well, and then all of these people start jumping on that trend. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a cryptocurrency type of thing. Like all of a sudden you got all these cryptocurrency experts who were, you know, marketing experts yesterday. <laughs> it's like jumping on that trend. People need, like I said before, people need to know what you're about. You need to go away from what everyone else is doing and put out, what you want to be known for, yeah. and what's true to you, and that way those people are attracted to you and come to you and stay with you, and those are the people you're going to convert anyway. Yeah. Like going after all of these other types of people doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's it really is a lot of self awareness and and self searching. But most of the mistakes do come from just comes from that. It comes from being disingenuous. It comes from just you know like sales messages or sales DMs or But I don't really see too many people doing anything that's, you know, it's like, oh, maybe, oh, I can't believe you posted that picture, you know, that inappropriate photo. Like, I haven't seen too much of that. It's more like, as a brand, who do you really, who do you really want to be? It's about not being picky and being desperate.
0: As we wrap up our conversation, uh, I always ask our guests to um, leave an affirmation for the listeners. So your affirmation could start off, I am. And then what is it? What is the thing that you need to tell yourself every day, you know, is needed for you?
1: Well, for me, it's one thing, but I think for everybody, I think everybody should say I am influential. Everybody mm-hmm. who's listening to this does have a sphere of influence. Yeah. Like you have people that you might not even know are, even if you have however many followers or whatever it is online or offline, you are influencing people daily, Yeah, every day. And people look to that. So you need to not only remember that, but but own it. Yeah,
0: that's good. Brittany, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. You are so so awesome. Tell
1: everybody where they can follow you on everything. So I am at BrittanyCrystal.com, K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. And I'm at Brittany Crystal pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, but definitely if you go to the website, you'll find me. Okay.
0: Thank you so much, Brittany. And I will talk to you soon. I'll see you on the gram girl.